Hey everybody, welcome to the Resilient Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Dejanae Singleton. And on this show, you will hear stories of inspiration, resilience, and success from women who've overcome the challenges of life and pursued their dreams. And when I don't belong, oh, you say I am. Hey everybody, welcome to the Resilient Woman Podcast. I'm super excited. Today we have Alina Faola. She is in the house, woman of God. She's out here. We're super excited. How are you doing today, Alina? I'm good. I'm excited. <laughs> yes, super excited to have you too. Oh, thank you, God. Alina Faola is a life purpose coach who teaches people from all walks of life to identify execute, and consistently walk in their God-given purpose. She is the founding owner of her business, Launch, and the founding director of her organization, Oakland Pacific Islander Network, whose mission is to provide equitable resources to Pacific Islander youth. Alina is a firm believer that God has a purpose and a vision for every single person's life and desires to see people walk it out. Now walk it out. Hey, hey walk it out. Hey. <laughs> so Lena, what have you been up to? Tell us about open launch. What's what's going on? What you guys been up to lately? Yeah, lots of Zoom things. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's that would be like the number one thing is just like having online programs and online things for both open and launch. Um, so yeah, so it's been, it's been exciting. Um, yeah, that's, that's it. I mean, (laughs) there's a lot, but, but yeah, yeah. In general, it's just a lot of like adjusting. I recently went full time, um, doing the, doing these things literally recently, like Monday was my first day being full time Wow. here. Yeah. So a lot of adjusting and like foundational work. So it's been, it's been cool. That's what's up. So Alina, tell us what makes you a resilient woman? Yes, I've been practicing. Not really, but, (laughs) but a resilient woman, what makes me a resilient woman personally um, is that I do not allow like outside circumstances to define who I am and how God has called me to walk out my purpose um, and walking it out literally despite all the outside things. Um, and so I would say that w- that is what makes me resilient. That's super powerful. You guys, I've known Alina since, I don't know, 2004. 14, 13, something like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, we were in college together. Uh, we had a lot of good times together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did. So I, <laughs> I've known this woman um, and I've seen her progress. I've seen her grow. And I just want to say super proud of you, Alina. Um, you out here. You're doing your thing. Um, follow her on Instagram and, and Facebook. We'll, we'll put those tags in a little later, but <laughs> yeah. So just tell us a little bit about your journey and how you started open. You started launch. Where did these 
uh, ideas first start with you and how did you get them running and, and on the map? Yes. Um, so I guess to set context of like open and launch, cause it just, I know it's like two different things, but actually merge very well with my life and my purpose, but o- Oakland Pacific Islander network or open, um, it literally started because there was one, a need for resources for Pacific Islanders in Oakland, but also because that is actually what I believe and know that God has called me to do and the specific people group that he has like put a conviction and a burden on my heart for is for the Pacific Islander community. And so, um, yeah, so that's how open started was like, Hey, there is a need for resources for these students because they're not graduating. They're not doing, they're not, they're just not doing as well as what I believe they should. And they don't have resources. Um, and so that is how open started or why it started launch kind of just came up literally last year. It wasn't even on my radar, like at all. Um, but, um, it just kind of happened. I was like, Lord, I want to do open full time. Um, the grants and the money takes so long to come in. Mm. What can I do? And, um, launch was one of the things where I was like, let me just put all my skills together and put it on paper and sell courses, make it a course. Cause you know, it's valuable content. So, um, so yeah, so that is how it started. Both of them. One started as a need for the Pacific Islanders. The other one started as a need for people, but also a need for me. <laughs> like, I'm like, I need rent and I need to, I need, I want to do this full time. I need an income. Um, so yeah. yeah, so that, that, to answer your question, those are, that's how those things started. That's really cool. And I remember when we would be in your white truck and we would be going to Castlemont cause you was working there with the youth and kind of take us back to how you even before open, it was like Castlemont, it was volleyball. Right. So take us back to even how you got that opportunity at Castlemont, how you got connected with all these Pacific Islander youth in Oakland. Yeah, so my first year of being in Oakland, which was 2012, I I mean, can I be like Christianese? Because <laughs> this is literally what happened. <laughs> say say what happened. Say okay. <laughs> so I was literally, um, I had played volleyball all my life um, and was supposed to play college ball, but things just... Yeah, the way things happened, I ended up being like, okay, Lord, I surrender that to you. And I was literally on a walk when I was my first year of Bible college. And I heard the Lord say, I want you to coach at Castlemont. I was like, I have, I don't, I didn't know what that was. I assumed that it was a school. I think I have heard of it before, but I didn't know like anything about it. And so, um, so I was like, okay. So then I told, I shared with a friend and she actually was running programs through um, an, another organization at that school. And she was like, Hey, let me introduce you to the, um, to one of the athletic directors, you know, whatever. So I intro- I was introduced to him and I was like, yeah, I'd like to volunteer here. Or I don't know, whatever you guys need for volleyball. He was like, Hey, we're looking for a head coach. Do you want to be our head coach? I was like, uh, <laughs> what? I was like, okay. 
And so that's literally how I got connected to Castlemont. I was like 19 or 20 years old um, when I became the head coach, the volleyball head coach at Castlemont. And then in 2012, that was when um, the population of Pacific Islanders in Oakland School District um, was the largest at Castlemont. And so that is how I got connected even to any Pacific Islanders in Oakland was through coaching. Yeah. So that was very cool. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. And me, uh, Alina, I always felt like we had similar stories and connected on this because I was supposed to go to college for um, dance and to major in dance. And then it just didn't work out. But I just remember talking to you all the time and hearing your story and just, just waiting for yeah. my turn too. <laughs> So, God, you gave me a turn at YWAB because it doesn't matter. Thank you. Yeah. Um, anyway, and I'm even thinking about one time when you were t- talking to me about how you were like counting the change in your hand just to make it over the toll. Like, like take us to that place and and tell us how you got through that time and what was kind of going on in that in that season. Yeah, man, God is so faithful for real. Um. So after I graduated college, I knew that God, like the January, a few months before I graduated college, I asked the Lord, like, what do you want me to do after, you know, after I graduate? I'm not from here. I don't have a place set up. Like, do you want me to go back home to LA with my parents? You know, whatever. And, you know, I sought the Lord and he was like, I want you to work full time at Castlemont. I'm like, I don't even have any of that type of degree. Like, I don't know how that would work. And so I knew that that's what he said. And so I stuck it out. I kind of tried to look for a place. I didn't have income to even, like, get an apartment or anything. So I was going back and forth from different friends' houses. And I ended up in San Francisco. And so that is where the story of the change for toll, the bridge toll, came in because even though I did start working in Castlemont, uh, something happened where they weren't, they had to back pay me, but they didn't know when. And I knew that that's what the Lord was calling me to do was to stay there um, as a Pacific Islander case manager. And so I just, I like literally the only thing that motivated me from that was like, God, I know you that you called me here and me not doing this, even though I literally don't have, money to pay rent even though I literally don't have money to get over the bridge I was thankful that my car was um you know was a hand-me-down so I didn't even have that bill um I'm like I I have nothing I literally don't have any money (laughs) my my sweet friend Stella would buy groceries for us and cook for us and that is literally how I was eating I would Mm -hmm. eat free at the school that I was at I was working at but I wasn't I didn't have an income coming in, um, but the only thing that helped me to get through it was like, if I do anything else, I know that I would it would be in disobedience to God, mm-hmm. and my desire is to be like in obedience to God and living in His will, and what He's called me to do. Um, so yeah, that that honestly is what motivated me to keep going. I'm like, I don't even know. This is ridiculous, but God, I know you're here. <laughs> yes, yes. I remember the the sleepovers at your house, at the Banner House. And I remember you just sharing that, like, 
yeah, like, but I'm, but you were still like toughing it out and like, you were still pushing through, you were still holding on to that dream. And that can be hard. Like if you don't have the finances, if you don't have, um, the money coming in that is like due to you. Right. But you were still able to push forward. And it sounds like too, you weren't just by yourself. You had like, because of Stella, like Stella helped you out because of you were, you were being honest with the toll people. They were able to like, let you over, you know? Yeah. Um, you didn't have to have scammed the system. That's a blessing. Like, (laughs) I just gotta put this out here. Like if you need help, and you can't afford something, just let people know. Because sometimes they'll help you out. Like they at will. BART, I was I was heading to City College once and you know, I didn't have the money to get on the BART. And I said, Look, I'm just trying to go to school and I kind of want it. He said, Go ahead, just, just go in. Oh, so, that is so you know. sweet. Yeah. And I think even sorry, just to I guess like close that part off is like I think people have the misconception, like when you answer the call of God and when you, tr- and when you're like trying to be obedient to God, that it just like comes easy. Maybe. I don't know if people mm. think that, but I think that is a misconception where it's like, Hey, God called me to do this. So like, I'm going to have all the riches in the world because he told me sometimes that might be the case, but a lot of times, like what I experienced and what a lot of my, the people I know have experienced is no, like it doesn't, but I can trust that it really doesn't. Sometimes it just doesn't. Um, but I can trust that like he's called me to do it, you know, um, and that it'll work out. So, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's super good. And you actually went from being volunteer coach to head coach to being a case manager. So could mm-hmm. you take us back? How did you make that leap and how does that uh promotion happen yeah (laughs) literally gosh I hate being that person that's like all God because you know I know there's logistics to it but it was literally all God um I went from a volunteer coach to being paid as a head coach because they you know that was just what was you know what they needed and then from being a coach, I was still coaching and I, um, I actually looked up when I knew that God, um, you know, shared with me, like, I want you to work full time at Castlemont. I had no idea what doing what, like, I was like teaching, like, what, what do you want me to do? I literally looked online and said, like, um, just saw, you know, where they were hiring and I messed, emailed the principal of that school of the, at the time. And I was like, hey, like, I saw that you guys are hiring for this whatever position. Um, I don't have my credentials in teaching, but I'm wondering if you guys have any full-time positions open. And he was like, hey, actually, we do. Um, Let's meet. And so we met. And he was like, so here's the thing. Um, Our Pacific Islander students are uh, wild. Like, they need help. Um, they don't listen to anybody, and I think it's because they don't see anybody that looks like them. They don't respect anybody. Mm. You would think that as Pacific Islanders, like, our big thing is respect. But at that time, it was very, yeah, they just, I don't, I don't really know why. But, um, yeah, and he was like, we need someone to manage them. We need someone to come in and um, create alternative, like, behavioral interventions and so whatever that looks like to you and your community we want to pay you to do that 
And so I was like, let's do it. So I quit my job at, at Starbucks and yep. But that just went <laughs> after that. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's how, I, that's how it happened. And when you mean it went, what are you referring to? So, sorry, yeah. Um, I mean that I was, like, excited to get paid. I was ready to have this full-time position. And mm. then um, and then budget cuts. But I had already, I had already quit my job. And I was, like, already mm. in it. And I, I had already started building relationships with the kids and all that stuff. And then... He was like, hey, we're not going to be able to pay you um, through what we thought, the budget that we thought, because there was, you know, however, however much money the or however much the cut was, we just can't pay you. Um, what we can do is try to put you on an as an independent consulting contractor or something. And that's how we can pay you. And I was like, OK, um, but like all that stuff didn't get approved until probably like literally nine months later. And so I was living without an income thinking like, when is this going to be approved? When is it going to happen for like, yeah, eight to nine months. But yeah, it was, wow. it was rough. And so in the, in the nine months, that's when you were able to hold on to like the purpose of God. You're like, man, I felt like God told me to do this. I'm going to press forward. That was when it was you know, change, restraints, and Stella was cooking for you. But like, you were holding on to that, to that promise of God, that purpose of God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What would you say to women who are, meant struggling? Maybe they're struggling financially. They feel like they have that purpose, that dream, and that desire. Uh, they feel like the call of God, or even if you don't even know God, but you feel this sense of purpose and and destiny in life. But they're struggling financially. The people who promised them things were not able to come through. And they're just feeling like, mm-hmm. oh, oh, God. What would you say to them? What would be your advice? I would say to just keep doing it. Like, to just keep going. Um, a lot of times. Can you hear me? A lot of times, um, what I have seen is that people kind of just like give up on even anything purpose wise, uh, just because it just doesn't look like what they initially thought it was going to look like, but eventually, um, it comes together. Like I didn't know, I didn't know that I was going to have this organization start this business however many years ago when I was not getting paid for nine, you know, nine months sounds like, Oh, that's nothing. But like that, I had no, I didn't have family in the Bay. I didn't have anybody. Like it was literally like nine months of, you know, like if I gave up, I think I would have sacrificed like the vision of God over my life if I would have given up. And, um, but I didn't know that like through that, that he was going to build me, build my character show like there I'm in I'm in different schools Oakland Pacific Islander Network like our program one of our programs is in schools not because it's just like oh that sounds like a good program but because of the relationships I built just within that nine months like sharing with teachers and one of the teachers I was like hey you know like 
I want to do this program. And she was like, Hey, you can come to my advisory every single, every single week. You could do your program here. I'll bring all the teachers. And literally now, right now, all the, all the teachers at Castlemont every Wednesday bring their students to zoom school (laughs) and I'm teaching them this thing. But that started from literally just keep from go like being resilient, um, in a time where I thought it was hard. And so I would just say like, trust that, like, if you believe that you ha- you do have a purpose just to keep going, you know, it sounds very cliche, but it's like, it's true. Just keep going. Oh, that's so good. You're inspiring me right now. I'm like, Aww. dang, I need to keep yeah. going. Yeah, oh. keep going. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, you you recently put a post up on Facebook. Uh, you posted a cute little picture of yourself at 10 years old. And you said, oh. what would you say to your 10-year-old self? So what would you say to the 10-year-old Alina? Yeah. What I would say to 10-year-old Alina. Okay, talking to 10-year-old Alina is different than talking to 18-year-old Alina. Because I wasn't saved when I was 10. <laughs> so. Yeah, so it was a whole different, I think it was like, it's like a whole different thing. So 10-year-old Alina, I would tell her, one, girl, start practicing learning how to be disciplined. Go to volleyball practice, not because it's just volleyball practice, but because it teaches you how to have discipline and how to have good work ethic, um, even when you don't want to. So that's one thing I would say, because that is what I struggle with sometimes is like staying disciplined in the everyday things. Um, But yeah, I would tell her that it's not really about the actual thing, but it's like about your character um, and building that within yourself. So that's what I would tell little Alina. Yes. Okay, let's bump it up eight more years. So what would you say to the 18-year-old Alina? (laughs) Yes, 18-year-old Alina, I would tell her, girl, you just have to keep going. Like, it is not going to look like what it looks like now. Um, When I was 18, I was, like, freshly saved. Um, And I think, like, I just thought, I I didn't even, I wasn't even thinking about the future. Like, I kind of did. But I wasn't thinking like it could be anything like it looks like now. And I think even in 10 years, I w- it's probably not going to look like what it looks like now. Um, so I would just say like, just keep pushing. Just keep pushing. Like, despite what, you know, like people say about what your purpose is, despite like people belittling you and not mm. believing that, you know, that you can do these things. And despite people putting you in little a little box of, you know, like what you can do, just believe what God already told you. So yeah, that's what I would tell sweet 18 year old Alina. And to let that man go. Sorry. (laughs) Let him go. Let him go. Let him go. go. Okay. Amen. Let him go. Um, That's for somebody out there. So yeah, even with that, you you kind of touched on it. You said people putting you in the box. So you are a woman. You are Polynesian, Samoan. You are um, someone who trailblazed. Like oh. nobody was like holding your hand. You know, like, hey, Alina, this is what we do. This is how you do it when you, you know, with Castleman and starting this awesome program. And I remember this was even part of your senior project in college. 
Mm-hmm. And so how did how did you just stay inspired throughout the process? Because you were like the first person doing something like this in the area. What was yeah. your motivation or who inspired you throughout this process? Who the heck inspired me? I'm like, wait, who did? <laughs> um, no, it's literally, it was literally because I wrote down like the, the vision that God gave me when in 2012 sorry I'm looking over there because I literally pulled out my journal from 2012 when I wrote I literally I prayed and I was fasting at 18 out yeah 2012 I think I was how old am I oh my gosh I don't even know I was I was 18 yeah I was 18 and um I wrote like God I believe that you have called me to see a revival and to lead a revival in the Pacific Islander community. I believe you have called me to help women and people build the kingdom of God with you. Like, I don't believe that I'm called to just do any ordinary thing, like whatever it could be. That's what I want. Like, that's what I believe that you've called me to do. And so I think what kept me motivated and inspired was like that I haven't seen it. I'm like, I where is this revival that you've been talking about? Mm-hmm. Like where where is this like big, you know, organization? What where is this? Um like where is the fruit of that? That's what kept me inspired. Is that I didn't I hadn't seen it. So I'm like there's it has to be somewhere. And so yeah, I th- I would say that that's what kept me inspired is not knowing. And then other women even like following different influencers on Instagram and stuff was also like would also inspire me. Like I'm like, yeah, that's kind of what I see myself doing. Like not in that way, exact way that you are, but in some in some instances and in some sense, yeah. And so that's also what got me inspired is like seeing people like, wow, like you really do you're doing this and I can do this too. Yeah. And you you are a life purpose coach. I didn't and yeah. what do you think the biggest problem is or the biggest misconception that women have that prevent them from walking in their purpose? Yeah. I am a life purpose coach. I literally kind of just realized and identified identified myself as that very recently because I was like what do I do oh yeah I help I coach people walking walking in purpose um (laughs) one of the biggest misconceptions is that um you just have to be like an entrepreneur you have to do these big huge things to walk in purpose um and so one thing that I like always share is you don't have to be an entrepreneur to walk in purpose Um, You can have purpose in your nine to five. You can have purpose being a mother. You can have a purpose um, being a wife. But whatever it is that, um, you know, that your purpose to do, just walk in it. Um, But yeah, I would say that that's the biggest misconception. It's like when people feel like, oh, I'm not an entrepreneur or I don't have these big, huge you know, or what society views as like huge, um, when they don't have that, or they don't like, um, I guess like walking that in their jobs, they think they don't have purpose. So yeah, that's what I've seen. (laughs) 
And tell us, can you tell us a little bit about your launch program that you're actually going to be starting in a couple of weeks? Yes. So, um, the launched woman is a program through my business launch, um, that empowers and helps build women, specifically Christian women who want to build the kingdom of God. Um, outside of the four walls of church the four walls of church you know church is very necessary obviously like the institution um and being a minister inside of that is very very necessary but i believe that god has also called women and is calling women right now to live a um a launched life and walk in their purpose and build the kingdom of him with him the kingdom of God, um, with him through their own businesses, um, and things outside of, again, the four walls of church. And so, yeah, so for eight weeks, we lit, I literally teach women how to identify what the vision of God is over their life. I help them to strategize, like, this is what it looks like. This, these are the systems that you can use. This is how to even walk in that. Um, and so, yeah, so a lot of the logistics of those things, um, there is a community of women who are all on the same page and we're going to walk together, which I'm really excited about because, um, I have a group of friends and a group of people who, uh, empower me and encourage me, but I didn't realize that that is actually not as common as I thought it was. Like people don't actually have a circle of people who are like, all right, what are you doing? Like, why, why didn't you get that done this month? Like you said you were. Um, and so I'm very excited for that community. And so the goal at the end of this program is that whoever joins it, that they would literally take the next step into walking in their purpose, whether it looks like launching a podcast or starting their business or applying for nursing school, whatever that looks like, that is the goal is that they would literally go into the next step because they already, because they've learned and know what their vision of their life is. So I'm excited. I'm excited too. I'm actually one of the participants in launch. Yes. So we're going <laughs> to, yes, yes. I, I'm going to have to launch something else in my life. So we, we, <laughs> We're going to be enjoying that process. I'm excited. Me too. Now, could you tell us a little bit about just your, the mental process that you go through moving forward with starting a business? So before you were part, I'm sorry, before you were full-time, you were part-time. You were working in youth ministry for POL. You were Mm -hmm. um, also working at Castlemont. So tell us just kind of how your your mindset was through that process, because I know some people or let me speak for myself. I was discouraged at some time at some point, like, OK, well, um, I'm doing this, but this doesn't feel like this aligns with my purpose. And I'm, I have to do this thing part time, which I feel like does align with my purpose. So kind of walk us through the mindset that you had during those process. Yeah, I think one of the things that I one of the mindsets or part of it was like serving God with excellence. Mm. And so I say that, I know that sounds like, you know, like, duh, 
But when you are serving under someone else's vision as an assignment from God, um, knowing while knowing, like I have my own vision, um, that is like a huge part is like doing it unto God, like points Mm -hmm. P.O.L. Shout out to P.O.L. is a youth ministry in Oakland. And even from the start, like um, my our executive director, like he's known like my whole story he he oh he's always known um and I was like why God like why would you call me to this Mm. um why would this makes no sense for it really didn't make sense to me but I knew that like when I was invited to join the team that that was kind of like God's um assignment for my life at in that season and the Lord was like serve me with excellence under someone else's vision And so whatever it is, like whatever you're doing part-time, even if it means like working at a coffee shop or doing something else, is like knowing that you're working in excellence unto God. And so that's one of them. Another thing that I would say too is like being, um, and I talk about this in my programs, (laughs) but knowing the end goal, like knowing the actual vision of your life. Um, and not just saying like, oh, I'm working this job. Now I'm working this job. Now I'm working this job. But like knowing like if my vision is to see and build people or to see them living a meaningful life, um, then that's the vision. Whether I am doing launch, whether I'm doing POL or open or whatever other assignments and tasks that God has for me like the vision is the vision. Um, and so, yeah, so I would say that, does that, does that make sense? Can you, uh, can you elaborate on, um, doing it? Cause you said doing it for God and doing it with excellence, right? What does excellence look like? Cause we, some people on, on here may know what that means, but that also might be a foreign concept to people. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, when I say excellence, I really mean just even in like the little things like if the president of the United States or any strong big leader of any country or your favorite celebrity were to come into your house and you knew that they were coming you know they were being invited you would literally clean and organize you might buy home like you might buy decor for your house as if, you know, because it's like, oh my gosh, this huge person, this A-list celebrity is coming into my house. And so you do that knowing that, right? And so in the same way, if I'm working for God and with God, anything that I do, like I want it to be, I know he doesn't expect us to be like perfect, but it expect me to be excellent. And so if, um, if like I was working for Points of Light, my thing was like that I'm gonna go hard at points of light because this is like I represent not just myself but I represent God I represent my father Mm -hmm. um and would God be pleased if I'm like half doing things halfway Mm -hmm. right like um and so yeah so that's how I would say like to be excellent in everything Like, just because it's not your full vision or not exactly what you know that you're supposed to be doing, ultimately, 
like that doesn't excuse us from working in excellence towards God or unto God. So yeah. Convicted me. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, if you're, if you are a barista and I love, you know what? Like I'm, I had never, you know, even like shared, you know, I don't share about it much, but when I was working at Starbucks, when we were at college, I was like, Lord, I hate working here, but I, you know, I love the free coffee, but I will serve you in excellence through this. If you are a barista, serve the coffee like you are serving the Lord, Um, clean like you are serving the Lord, even, you know, like, I'm like, I'm not gonna work at Starbucks my whole life. Heck no. I knew that going into Starbucks, but I was making coffee like I was. <laughs> so, yeah, I would say that. Dang. Wow. Oof. Stop me. Um, okay. <laughs> um, thank you, Laura. You convinced me. Okay. So, <laughs> I'm thinking about a time when, I don't know, I felt like we were very similar in a lot of ways. Like, mm-hmm. um, I'm thinking about a time when one of our uh, leaders back at SUM was giving you some feedback and they, you were sharing things with them and they had gave you some feedback, but the feedback wasn't towards like, it was more towards like who you are as a person. You know what I'm talking about? I didn't want to say it. (laughs) You don't want to say it. But how did did you, (laughs) okay. How did you, how did you get over that? How did you move beyond that? How did you pull yourself to be, you know, that that focused person who launched a business? Because for me, like I struggled with that too a lot. And when I seen you like on Facebook and social media, like doing it, I'm like, she's really doing it. You know, like she she got beyond that point that was once like an issue for her. So can you kind of talk to us about that? Because I feel like people can relate. And then also, what did you do to kind of pull in the reins on that? Yes. I think I know what you're talking about. Okay, go ahead. When someone, well, was it someone when they shared, like, you're not doing, you need to focus on one that it's too big, that vision is too big? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So a mentor had, well, yeah, an assigned mentor had shared with me (laughs) when I... I mean, because, yeah, it was assigned <laughs> by the school. They had shared with me, you know, when I shared with my vi- my vision, they were like, you need to focus on one thing. Like, you can't have, like, that's too big. Like, you're thinking too big. She didn't say it exactly like that, and but she meant that. Like, that is what she meant. Like, it's too big. Like, figure out exactly what God wants you to do. I'm like, what? Like, no, that's that's not what it is. And so I actually, which is why I did my senior project, on Oakland volleyball for Pacific Islanders because everything else was too big. So I was like, all right, well, let me focus on what I can do. Um, But yeah, I just had to get over it. I was like, no, you're wrong. And that's hard because, you know, like when you respect someone highly and they give you feedback like that, you, for me as a Pacific Islander, who is like, one of our values is like, you have to respect your elders. Like, Whatever they say is what it is. And so coming from that background, um, that was like, yeah, it was hard to disagree. Because I'm like, well, she does know. Like, she's been in the game longer than me. Um, Mm. And she wasn't even the only person that shared that with me. When I would share my vision with people, I'm like, no, like, I believe that God has called me to 
um, have an organization that does, you know, that has pillars like a faith pillar, like a, an athletic pillar, a health and wellness pillar, and to get, to provide programs through these different things. And so that's why they would tell me like, no, you need to pick like one. Um, it also might've been the way I was articulating it. I didn't know how to articulate what God was, you know, telling me to do exactly until even the past almost two years. So, yeah, so that might have been an issue, too, where it just sounded like, oh, you're all over the place. But I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> I know that I'm not. I'm not crazy, mm. you know. <sighs> so, yeah, I guess it's just like me being like, no, like, no, this is not what you're wrong about about your like perception of what God is telling me to do and just going with that. Yeah, yeah. I'd say that that's what helped me. That self-confidence of just holding on to, this is what I have on my heart and I'm holding on to this and not letting anyone take that away from you. Yeah. So talk to us about how you went from the place of someone telling you you're all over the place to actually launching. Because I think there's this, like this, this catapult that happened with you just from the outside view of like, okay, Alina, this is what she's always talked about. This is kind of what she did behind the scenes to boom, we're doing workshops, we're doing worship nights, we're doing one-on-one mentorship. Like, how did you get from that place to to all the programs that you have to this day? Yeah. Um, so I was in a mentorship program. Shout out to Coco Plan My Life. I was in a, I joined their mentorship program um, really just to define what, Oakland Pacific Islander Network was like that's what I wanted I was like I need help to define it Mm. um but through that man which is I I like I really love them through that program one of the things that was like broken off of me was the idea that I had to stick to one thing to where there was literally it was literally one session where I was like, I feel like that's my gift, though. Like, I can look at someone, I can hear what they're talking about. And I feel like I know what they're like, I can see them in like different spaces. And they were like, it, you know, it's a gift to delegate, right? Like, it is a gift to be able to see things from a bird's eye view. And I was like, yeah. And they were like, so what's stopping you? And I'm like, I don't know, people have been telling me that that's like, you know, that's too much. Um, And it was like, yeah, it was a group of them, including Patrick and Courtney, who were like, you are capable of doing that. Like, you are 100% capable of viewing things from a bird's eye view and delegating people and showing them how to do it and allowing them to walk in their purpose. Mm. Um, And that was what did it for me when they like that, like that one moment like broke off so many things that I had already believed about myself, you know, because I I think when you like pioneer things, you don't even know what's you're like, I don't know, like that doesn't even sound right. That don't that don't even look right. Um, But when you have people who are like, they don't even need to understand like your entire calling, but they can tell you like, no, you are capable of that. That's it. And so after that, I was like, boom, (laughs) we got to do the end, end of the year project. Um, it's very similar to how I do launch. I love them. Thank you. Thank you guys for helping me, for showing me and sharing with me all the things that I can do. Um, 
but yeah, after that, I was like, yeah, that's what it is. Like, these are the programs that I have in mind. These are, this is the vision that I have. Lord, bring, bring these people to me that are also called to that specific area. And that's what we're going to do. And so, yeah, it was a moment of like someone empowering me. Beautiful. Wow. Thank you, that God. Empowerment piece. Wow, that's that's so amazing. I remember we were at Starbucks or Jamba Juice, and you were telling me about that program. You were like just enrolled, and mm-hmm. so you had that empowerment piece. You had someone speaking over you, encouraging you. Someone's affirming, like, yeah, that's that's the gift. That's the yeah. gift that you have. So before we close it up, is there any last words you want to say to our listeners? Lord, I would say for any women or men, if y'all are also listening to this, to know that God has given you a purpose and a plan, but also that he's given you strategy. I think I shared that on, on an Instagram post, but I'm like, God has given you strategy. He won't just give you a purpose and be like, figure it out. Like, that's what it is. But just to know that and to be confident in it and like know that what he has told you to do is what he has told you to do Um, and to walk it out and walk it out in confidence. So, yeah, that's what I would say. And that you are loved by God and that you do not have to work up to being loved, (laughs) that he knows all your flaws and loves you very much. And that, you know, you don't we don't work so that God can love us, but we work because God loves us, you know? So yeah, that's what I would want to say. I love y'all. Aw, thanks for loving me. Okay. I love you, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Where can our listeners connect with you online? Yes, right now, I haven't launched my website yet, so I apologize. But you can connect with me on Instagram, on TikTok, on Twitter, and on Facebook at Alina Faola. Literally my first and last name on all platforms. So yes, that's what you can connect with me. Yes, and if you would like to um, do one-on-one coaching with me, I do do one-on-one coaching. That is available. You just have to set up a consultation with me. The link is in the bio of my Instagram. Um, And so after you do that, we'll go from there. Very exciting. Thank you, Alina, for coming on the show. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in. You say I am love when I can feel a thing. You say I am strong when I think I am weak. And you say I